0: Welcome back, Blue Gold Radio listeners, this is the Triple Threat crew from The Spectator at UW-Eau Claire, generously being allowed to share our sounds through Blue Gold Radio. We've got a Blue Gold Sports update for you this week. No athlete in studio, but we do have sports talk for you in general. We're going to hand it over to Trent Tetzloff, our sports editor over at The Spectator, to give you an update over uh, a
1: lot of the sports going on right now. All right, so first of all, uh, both men and women's cross-country teams doing great this season as we had Josh Thorson, National Athlete of the Week, on last week. Um, They'll be racing at their conference meet this weekend after yet uh, another strong season in their races, and then we'll see where they go from their uh, sectionals and uh, hopefully um, to the national meet um, after that, so we'll have to see where that goes. All right, um, and then last weekend, uh, the volleyball team uh, swept their games um, at the co College tournament, uh, which improves their winning streak to nine. And uh, I guess that just um, they'll be they played um, at Whitewater and Platteville this weekend um, to round out their regular uh, conference season and will be uh, receiving their seating for the conference tournament after that. Um, and then also this over the past weekend, uh, women's tennis placed third at the WIAC championships once again, uh, behind lacrosse who finished second and whitewater um, in first again, um, with one of their youngest teams in years. So a uh, big step for them as well. And lastly, uh, women's soccer took on Platteville this weekend and it was their last conference game and still have yet to figure out their seeding for the conference tournament, but it looks like they'll be grabbing the four seed, and we'll see where they go from there. Um, now move over to Ellis Williams to talk a little bit about wrestling.
2: Yeah, with winter sports uh, getting underway here, wrestling is one of those sports that uh, had a winter preview in this week's issue with the Spectator. The wrestling team for the sixth time in six years has a new head coach at the Realm. This time it is Tim Frater. Frater comes from... Uh, a talented wrestling head coaching background, coaching both at UW-Whitewater and uw lacrosse. He's credited to have built those programs from the ground up. He's a talented fundraiser and really has goals and ambitions to get this program uh, up and standing on its own through innovative fundraising tactics. And, you know, when I talk to him, he really is less concerned about the wrestling the technique he's been around the sport for so long that he's confident in his ability to teach the game and have, and coaching a roster that he listed as talented that he is more concerned about the fundraising and getting the resources uh necessary to build a strong program this wrestling team is led really for the fourth year by nathaniel banke all-american wrestler multi-time all-conference competitor He's a guy who is the leader of this team and going into his senior year um, will be the foundation of what Fader mentioned will be a rebuilding sense for the Blue Golds. Really just looking for some stability at this position and Fader looks like the guy who will answer that call. As I mentioned, he built two programs at uw Lacrosse and Whitewater from the ground up and both those teams now are powerhouses in the WIAC. So it, it's exciting time in blue-gold wrestling. They found a guy who I think it sounds like actually can fill this void, of void that previous coaches failed to fill simply based on income alone. This is a, not a full-time job. The, Eau Claire is the only school in the Wyack that does not have a full-time head wrestling coach. It's pretty sad when you say it out loud, but Fader is confident that he is the guy who can turn this around. So... Exciting things going on uh, in the wrestling rooms and on the mat, and we'll see where they they go from here. Um, for a hockey and football update, I'm going to pass it over to Austin May. Yeah,
0: talking about the men's hockey team last season really uh, came to be a letdown at the end of the season. Had a pretty good record, 18-7-1, which in a competitive WIAC and really Midwest region in Division three hockey was usually good enough to earn a look for the national championship, for the sec- but for the second year in a row, they did not receive a national title bid, so they had to watch the tournament take place in New York. They lost two All-Americans last year in Jack Callahan, who was a defenseman, and star forward Ross Anderson. However, talking to Matt alone earlier this week, which you can check out in our issue of The Spectator this week, you can find it at Acoustic Cafe in downtown Eau Claire or at numerous locations on the UW-Eau Claire campus. The uh, head coach of the team, Matt Lone, said he feels really confident about this year's squad and uh, really coming off the fact that he had such a, a top heavy talented team last year and 11 freshmen to watch them play and learn their moves and learn how to really put in the work to become a great team. Those 11 freshmen have stayed on the team. They're all sophomores now, and it's time to see really what kind of progress they were able to make from the year before. <laughs> they have two games, the team had played two games this weekend at Lawrence University in Wisconsin, and at Aurora University in Illinois. Based on the way this program has played in the last few years, these uh, should be two quick uh, pickup wins for the team before they start the main stretch of their first half of the season. But uh, some names to look at and uh, really pay attention to moving forward. It's going to be interesting to watch which defensemen really come out and make a name for themselves in this team, but there are three forwards that still remain on the team now senior Ethan Nauman, and juniors Patrick Moore and Brandon Whalen. They were in the top five in a lot of scoring categories and assist categories in the WIAC last year, and that was behind Ross Anderson. So you can expect a lot of production to come from these guys if injuries do not hamper them from being able to produce at that level. I'm going to go ahead and give a little preseason prediction. I think this team actually finishes with a better record than last year. Defense is still a little bit of a question, but this offense should be loaded, especially with a lot of younger talent to come in in reserve time. So I'm going to say they get the title bid this year. They get 23 wins, and it's going to be a good year to watch Blue Gold men's hockey. To go over to football now, the winless Blue Golds will travel to Whitewater multiple-time national champion. However, they've taken a step back after their coach of the last previous five to eight years, somewhere in that range left and took a job at Buffalo. Basically, the team has taken a step back, but they're still in national contention for a title shot right now. They're number seven in the country, and in the WIAC alone, they have the number one rushing defense and the number one total defense, which will be a problem for the worst scoring offense in the WIAC, along with the fact that their starting running back, Torrey Wallace, is questionable with a leg injury. Chances are he won't be out on the field. Coming off his best performance as a collegiate athlete, yeah, it, That will be definitely the matchup to watch in this game, seeing what kind of rushing attack the Blue Golds can get against that stout defense of Whitewaters because if it has to be a one-sided game and quarterback J.T. Dunhartig is expected to throw the rock all over the place, this will not be a pretty game in my opinion. Also, two uh, two of the defensive backs for Whitewater are tied for first in the YAC for leading with interceptions. Uh, Vince Mason and Ryan Winsky each have three interceptions. And something else to look at, the Blue Gulls defense has been on and off and a uh, really good run run defense this year. Well, going into Whitewater, they will be facing the number one rusher in the conference as well, in Jordan Ratliff. He has 723 yards and 11 touchdowns. So that's going to be something very important to look for. However, Whitewater's offense is only the number three scoring offense, and Eau Claire already faced the number two scoring offense in the conference and uh, only lost by 10 points on the road. So... This Eau Claire squad has gotten better throughout the entire season. I think they have a shot against Whitewater, but if I had to pick a score right now, I'd say I could see this thing going about, I'd say, relatively low score, uh, tw- about 24 to uh, 24-14, 24-10, and that if a rushing attack could be held. If not, uh, it might be hard for the Blue Golds to get any points up on the board this weekend. But thank you, Blue Gold Radio listeners, for listening this week. Got to thank WUEC 89.7 for the time in the booth. Uh, We're going to have a short podcast available on spectatornews.com. Just search Triple Threat to hear that this week. We're going to pick games for the NFL uh, week, week eight, and uh, yeah, check us out. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, Triple Threat listeners, for exclusive content only on spectatornews.com. You know how to find us. Hope you're ready for a nice brief show. We've got a lot to do. We're busy college students. We've got so much to do, so we're going to just give you one brief action-packed podcast right now we just went over our blue gold sports update for the week got football going into a pretty tough matchup hockey starting their season Uh, we've got cross country uh, really heading toward really the championship of their season a lot of stuff going on in blue gold sports but let's take a couple steps back let's look at the the national scene of sports right now and it's some one of the best times of the year I love football. It's my favorite sport, but, oh, it's so nice. By halfway through the season when hoops comes back, basketball boys, Miami Heat, did you see Justin Winslow? Oh, Justin. Justice Winslow's dunk. Oh, yeah, I love it. fire. Oh, I'm
1: that so happy.
0: Uh oh, such a good time of the year. The World Series is going on. Hockey's going on. Basketball, football. Oh, God. John Bones Jones is back in the UFC. <laughs> There's so many good things happening right now. If you were a betting man, there'd be a lot to bet on, just there, saying. There sure would be. So many sports, so many parlays, but that's not our jib. No. So, uh, yeah, I just want to go over briefly our first glance thoughts. We're a couple days into the NBA season and what we're thinking right now. I'll just talk about the heat game I watched against the Hornets to open the season. Very happy with it. Uh, they actually were down by about 10 points for a little bit, which was a little concerning, but Bosch kicked into gear, led the team with 21 points, Justice Winslow first-round pick, Looking awesome! I'm so happy with him. I think he'll develop very quickly. Uh, very happy with uh, we got we got hard hardwood Jesus on the team. McRoberts now. I'm really digging him and his impact with the game. Uh, Dwayne Wade. It's sad he's obviously getting older, losing a step, but he's still talented. He knows the offense better than anyone on the team, and it's just really it's a good time to be a Miami Heat fan in the in the middle of Wisconsin. So feeling real good. Need to get a. I think I need to get a Winslow jersey though. That may be in the next thing uh, required for me to get. Uh, Trent, what are you thinking of the Bucks so far? How do you feel about that Knicks game?
1: Oh, um, well, first of all, I just wanted to to give you a shout out on the Heat. The Heat are looking good this year. Um, yes, sir. Through ESPN the magazine, I was looking at. Um, they predicted them to take fourth in the East. Um, and I do have to say that Justice Winslow was the steal of the draft. So, uh, kudos to your Heat. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, watching that opening game. Uh, for the Bucs um, kind of sucked watch them kind of just get beat up and watching the uh, Knicks virtually make almost every shot they took it felt like um, yeah I think this looks a lot um, different from what the rest of the games will look like this year um, the Bucks were missing um, John Henson for part of the game they're missing OJ Mayo due to an injury they're missing um, Giannis Antetokounmpo They're missing Jabari Parker. Yeah, missing all their best players. There's a lot of pieces missing. So, I mean, that kind of goes into the loss. I I still think it should have been a lot closer of a game because they still had pieces there. Greg Monroe, uh, Michael Carter-Williams, Chris Middleton, who they just gave a big contract. Um, It doesn't worry me at all. Uh, I'll be um, at tonight's game against the Washington Wizards. Um, Very excited to see John Wall take on the Bucs. We are
0: recording Friday the 30th in October.
1: Yeah. Um, And... I'm super jacked to uh, you know watch this game and see what the Bucks can do uh, with Giannis back um, after his one game suspension for virtually tackling Mike Dunleavy on the court last year, which was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, you know I I don't expect too much from the Bucks this year with with their youth. Um, I expect maybe the six or seven seed. Um, the six might be pushing it a little bit. I think the seven is very reasonable. Uh, but we'll just really have to see where the youth takes them and uh, what uh, the new additions like Greg Monroe can do.
0: When it comes down to it. It's unfortunate for my statehood, but I would say I'm a bigger fan of the Heat than I am of the Bucks. but I am a Bucks fan. And Trent, I don't think you're giving them enough credit. I think you get Giannis back in there, and if Jabari picks up where he left off, they if
2: the Heat are getting the fourth, I think the Bucks are right behind him. Yeah, I guess um, I would agree with that. It's an exciting time to uh, be a Bucks fan, along with an exciting time to be a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Both these teams have a lot of similar things going for them. Uh, two talented young rookies uh, i think you guys have a leg up with us on Giannis. that's you guys built started building your foundation a year before we did with that steal in the draft but it's an exciting time to uh, be a timberwolves fan other than the unfortunate passing of flip saunders rest in peace yeah um that was a sad day for you know everyone in minnesota obviously but any basketball fan uh In the nation because, you know, Flip did a lot for the game. He really um, changed Minnesota basketball as a whole, took this expansion team, drafted an 18-year-old kid uh, out of Illinois and completely changed what is Minnesota basketball. And, you know, I'm going to be writing about this in my fantasy football column for my intro, but one thing with Flip, I think in life, in anything you do, um, your first impression and your last are two of the most memorable things, and he um, brought Kevin Garnett to Minnesota, and that will never be forgotten, and he ended with what could go down as one of the greatest trades in NBA history, trading Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins. Um, A beautiful bookend to his basketball legacy, and the best part is everything that happened even before uh, he was in Minnesota. I read an incredible anecdote piece uh, out of the Pioneer Press about when he was actually coaching a team in lacrosse. Um, a reporter there had a memory of um, him. The reporter dropped his wedding ring on the, f- on the court and it was rolling around and he was afraid it was going to get stepped on. And just in the middle of the game, flips barking at everyone, uh, stops, sees the ring, walks on the floor, picks it up, walks it over while the game's going on says your wife might want you to hold on to this, and walks back and goes back to controlling the game. Uh, he titled the piece, How Flip Saved My Marriage, and I think that's kind of the... the everyone has a flip story, whether it be big or small, uh, whether you ever met the guy or didn't. He affected a lot of people's lives in incredibly positive ways, and I think um, that was apparent uh, on tip-off uh, with the Timberwolves in Los Angeles taking on the Lakers. It was an inspired group who were playing for a bigger cause, and let's not get it twisted. The Lakers aren't going to be a good team this year either, but that roster has more proven bodies than the Wolves, Um, and they got the job done. And So with that being said, Flip will be missed and remembered, and his legacy is one of the best, if not the best, in uh, Minnesota basketball history. And he's left an incredible team here. So with that being said, Rick, Ricky Rubio looked great uh, in the first game against the Lakers. I'm excited to see where he goes this year. This really could be uh, his year to blossom. You know, we've been waiting on that breakout year for Rubio. One thing I saw, he really shot the ball well, jump shooting, hit his first two threes, a couple 18-footers. Um, that really impressed me. So he's always been a decent distributor. uh, a hard worker on the defensive end, a scrappy guy gets in your face, um, high effort, high energy. I want to see where his jump shooting goes. Because if he can take that to the next level, this Timberwolves team has guys in place, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine, who could make things happen. Um, That's my Minnesota storyline. The other storyline I want to follow is this Golden State Warriors team, the interesting thing about these guys is I can't really remember a team outside maybe the Dallas Mavericks who have been so... I don't say disrespected but really just kind of almost looked over. Obviously they are powerhouse in the west, but and they can't control this. But how many storylines have you heard where oh they got lucky. You know, you beat you beat LeBron without Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving and the Spurs lost on to a Clippers team that ended up losing to a Houston team when they blew the biggest lead in NBA semi-conference history. You know, they there's a lot of things you can say for a Golden State team that got lucky and you need luck to win any championship. But I want to see this. I think this team's going to come out and pick up right where they left off, and I bet they'd love to see a full-strength Cleveland Cavaliers team uh, in the finals to prove that, regardless, they would have got the job done. So those are the two biggest storylines, uh, personally for me that I'm looking for, and I'm sure we'll have an extended podcast later on here where I can really get oh, definitely. Into, really get into some stuff, uh, especially involving your Miami Heat that we talked about in the office, but we can talk about that another time.
0: Yeah, short. I'm going to be watching the Spurs this year as well. Really important to see where they go from here. I only see them as going up with young talent and uh, Kawhi Leonard being, in my opinion, still, even though he is really, since last season, uh, earned more respect throughout the nation, but I still think he is one of the most underrated superstars in the NBA. Uh, with that being said, Heat scare me a lot, though, just because uh, behind the Cavs, they are the number one, I will steal a phrase from NFL Media's Dave Damashek. Uh, Jenga piece teams, as in you pull the wrong piece out, the whole thing will fall down. Uh, It's not Dwayne Wade. It is Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh gets hurt and he's out this season. That team is not going to be even as close as effective. Same with LeBron James, obviously the number one part. You pull him out, that Cavs team may still get the seventh seed, but, yeah, that makes me nervous. But, you know, injuries, everyone has to be nervous about them. It's not just something I'm, you know, pulling out of a hat here. But, a uh, lot to talk about for NBA. We'll uh, have the rest of the year to talk about it. Trent, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Um, I just had one quick thing for you guys. i um, been hearing about in the news over the last few days um, that a lot of people are, and analysts are saying that they would take Anthony Davis um, – If they were starting a franchise right now, a lot of GMs, things like that. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. What do you think of Anthony Davis um, becoming the next NBA superstar? What are your thoughts?
0: My thoughts are pretty simple. Me and my buddies have these conversations about football players all the time. The number one factor is youth. Anthony Davis is young and has showed a lot of upside. makes sense that people are picking him.
2: See, I completely disagree. I would take LeBron James right now because I think that the easiest way to keep your job in any fraction of the professional sport is to win a championship. LeBron James is going to be in the next five, six NBA Finals, likely get two of them at least. You want to keep your job and hold on to another 10 years. One ring equals probably 10 years of uh, job stability. So give me LeBron James for the next five, six years here while he's still in his prime.
0: But is that fair for LeBron James, though? I couldn't remember his name. I had to double-check right now, but David Blatt. I heard people during the conference finals talking about how this is LeBron's team and LeBron is the coach on the court and all this and how important really is the coach. It can help him keep his job, but I also feel like having LeBron on your team discredits you as a coach a little bit because a lot of the uh, praise goes to
2: LeBron. Well, are we talking GM or coach? I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it really matters. Um, David Blatt isn't getting fired unless LeBron says, says so, so... I mean, he was in the finals last year. What more could you really ask for? It's LeBron James. Um, at the end of the day, you can. people are going to find reasons to pick, and you, they said this, some of the same stuff about Spolstra. Um, at the end of the day, I want LeBron James on my side is really what I'm saying. Trent, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I am a big fan of Anthony Davis. H- however, um, I think he still has a good year or two in front of him before he becomes... Um, more of a face of the NBA, um, like a LeBron. Um, LeBron is still when you watch him on the court, he still plays like he's 25 years old. Um, and it's unreal to just watch him um go up and down the court and uh, just dominate um some defenders, um in uh, the course of some games. Uh, so I, I'd have to agree with Ellis right now. As I'd sit, I'd still have to take LeBron James because I still think he has a good five or six years in him. Uh, by the way he plays right now. But you never know, injuries and things like that could arise with him, and that could be a reason why Anthony Davis um, would be some people's pick as well because he's younger, probably more durable at this stage of his career.
0: Ellis, have to give you kudos. Nice shout-out for the lacrosse catbirds. Let's go, catbirds. Catbirds. Yep,
2: that's who it was. All right, Ellis, you know what time it is. It is that time of the week, our favorite time of the week here. We're doing NFL Pick'em. We can finally give you a little scoring update. Austin sits atop the leaderboard, tied with me, of course, but 18 points. Um, Trent and Joel sit relatively at the bottom, but it's still anyone's race at 15. And Nick Erickson sits with a questionable 16. We only say questionable because we kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt and averaged out some scores, and uh, we didn't have a week one pick for him. So long story short, he gets a 16, and it's uh, anyone's, race still so this week on the docket we have chargers at ravens two struggling afc teams that both kind of thought would be in the playoffs but someone's got to win this one trent who you got
1: um this one is going to surprise you guys uh the way the ravens have played this year um not a lot of people would suspect them to win many more games uh, but I gotta go with the Ravens on this one. Uh, the Chargers just don't impress me at all, especially defensively, and they're so up and down that I gotta give the Ravens a shot in this one. They they play hard. They're they're in close games all the time, and they gotta win one here or there.
0: I'm gonna steal a phrase from uh, director of athletics at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, Dan Schumacher. The Baltimore Ravens DBs could not cover a statue. <laughs> Let's go, Phil Rivers. You deserve a Hall of Fame consideration. Chargers. Definitely win this game.
2: Yeah, um, I'm actually going to go Ravens here. The Ravens' worst loss this year, I believe, is just happened this past Monday. Um, they've been in some really close games that they just haven't been able to finish. This Chargers team uh, is a mess outside of Phillip Rivers. I don't think playing home or away really matters for San Diego at this point because their home stadium is just as loud as an away crowd. But uh, give me the Ravens and in agreement with... Trent and I is Nick and Joel. I get the lone pick on Chargers? Nope. Quarterback Joel Newman <sighs> joins you on the Chargers bandwagon as well. Smart one. guy. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> plays QB for a reason. So next up, we have the Jets and Daryl Rivas versus Trent's Oakland Raiders. Oh. Trent, who you
1: got this week? God, uh, this one's been killing me. I bet. Um, just Just thinking about this one, um, I'm losing sleep over it. Um, the Jets, oh gosh, the Jets defense this year has been um, something amazing. Uh, they really gave the Patriots probably one of their uh, best games last week. Um, although I am a huge Raiders fan, and I hope you guys by now know about my bet with Austin um, that the Raiders will win more than five games this year. It will happen, but this week they will not add a win to that com. Uh, The Jets will win this one. L, what do you think?
2: Well, this one is pretty cut and dry for me. I'm taking the Jets' best defense in the AFC and a Raiders team that uh, has caught a little fire, but I think last night's uh, Patriots-Dolphins game is a sign that, you know, even when you catch a little momentum, the better teams are there to shut that down and put you back in line, and that's what the Jets are going to do to the Raiders this week. I'm going to give my pick in a second, but I just
0: needed to comment on the the Dolphins situation for a second. The fact that some uh, pundits out there were thinking that the Dolphins even had a chance. They fired their coach. For a reason. They put in a new coach, and he wins two games. This is incredible what's happening in Miami. Needs to be looked at by every NFL fan really closely. Yep. But my pick is, hopefully this works. That was a bunch of drunk New Yorkers screaming Jets because uh, it's not even going to be close, I don't think. You put the pressure on David K- or Derek Carr, and he looks like David Carr. and uh, <laughs> That's not good. It's not going to be good for the Raiders this week, that's for sure.
2: I couldn't agree with you more, but in disagreement are two out-of-studio uh, guests, Joel Newman taking the Raiders and wow. Nick taking the Raiders as well. So this one will be interesting. All right, up next we have... Two of the NFC's greatest can't-figure-out-who-the-heck-they-are stories this year. Uh, Eli Manning and the Giants travel to Nolens to take on Drew Brees and the Saints. Trent?
1: um, I have kind of had a streak against picking against Eli Manning this year and it's worked out for me. Um, The Saints have uh, been—their offense has been a lot better of late. Mark Ingram is on my fantasy team. Shout-out to him. He's been playing real great of late, getting some touchdowns, a lot of yards. I'm going to have to go with my Saints. Uh, they've been looking good as of late, as I said, and I think they'll continue that.
2: Uh, yep, for this one, I'm going to take the Giants, Odell Beckham. I think I've just, excuse me, I've been on the Giants bandwagon this year. I think they have a talented roster, talented offense, and this is one of those games that if you're going to be a team with a playoff sh- shot in the NFC, this is a game you have to win. So if the Giants will get it done this week. I might be out on them, but I'm standing behind them so far.
0: I think this game will be
2: close in the
0: Dome, but I don't think the Saints pull it off. I think the Giants take this one.
2: All right, and quarterback Joel Newman takes the Giants, and sports reporter Nick Erickson takes the Saints. Mm -hmm. Up next, Sunday Night Football, we have the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos, two undefeateds going at it. And I just want to go on a little rant here. I love it when Green Bay plays in prime time because that means – me and all my friends gather around a TV and watch the game. I'm going to be there regardless every Sunday, Monday night. I don't miss a game, but my friends live busy lives and don't always get to watch football. But when it's the Packers, it's a packed house. So I love games like this. Trent, who you got?
1: Being Being the homer that I am, the Packers – it's, it's going to be a fight, and, and you know that. Uh, the Denver's defense is much improved this year, but also the Packers' defense is also well improved this year. Um, one of the top-scoring defenses in the NFC, which really has surprised me this year. Uh, a lot better pass rush. Um, their defensive backs, young defensive backs, have really stepped up. And when I think of uh, Denver-Green Bay game, it makes me think about um, years ago when Farb stepped out on the field, and I remember Tony Kornheiser calling, calling the game Monday night uh Favre delivers the strike down the field uh to Greg Jennings for the game winning touchdown and Favre going ballistic on the field, the announcers going ballistic. Um not saying that this is gonna happen, but I think that um it's gonna end in the in the Packer, in the Packers pulling it out and uh just gives me chills thinking about that moment. Yeah,
2: this one will be exciting for all reasons. I just said uh shout out to my friends once again. Can't wait for this Sunday night. And I'm taking the Packers as well. I just don't think that Denver's gonna be able to score enough points. Um they have an incredible defense, but you can only keep a guy like Aaron Rodgers uh, in line for so long, and Peyton doesn't have it anymore, clearly. So give me the Packers in what I think will be like a 24-13 game.
0: Uh, this, this game has been a topic of conversation with many people I know, and really I think it comes down to uh, well, the Packers defense has been playing better than they have been known to Well, since the Super Bowl run in the mid-'90s, honestly. And you put pressure on Peyton Manning, Shouldn't have to worry about the Denver de- offense that much, but this will come down to Aaron Rodgers versus the Denver defense. More specifically, Akib Talib and Chris Harris. I think Talib's uh, going to sit on James Jones and eliminate him, even though overall Packer fans can even admit James Jones is really only a threat because of his, uh, his level of comfort with Aaron Rodgers. He's not the most elite athlete in the world, especially at age 30 now. Got yeah, Chris Harris. He's a, one of the best corners in the league. I don't know if I can call him underrated anymore, but Um, He plays outside, he plays in the slot, he moves wherever, and he excels at it, and he's going to be all over Cobb. So I think it's going to be really important to watch the rushing attack of the Packers, and uh, you've seen it this year. Uh, The Packers' O-line is, I think, no longer underrated as well. They are some strong, stout guys, and Rodgers can sit there for four seconds, take a look, dance around, throw a dart, and uh, keep the game going. So it's really going to be that side of the game is what's going to be most important. I think the Packers win this game. Just want to go over a tweet I read this weekend from a Denver area sports reporter. He said, "This is really sad. Looking into the Packers Broncos history, 23 Hall of Famers from the uh, Packers, four Hall of Famers from the Broncos in total. I think uh, it's, it just kind of shows really the absolute dominance of the Packers in NFL history, and it's really it's something I think a lot of Packer fans forget." And a lot of Packer haters uh, remember and kind of fuel them.
2: And uh, Trent, you and I should consider ourselves lucky. Yes. Couldn't agree more. All right. Going to Monday night, we have the Indianapolis Colts, who it looks like will be one of the first uh, home playoff teams to be underdogs when the lines come out on a wild card Saturday or Sunday, because this team's a mess, but that division is worse. So it's kind of easy to pencil them into the playoffs, but. They haven't looked good. So they traveled to Carolina to take on Cam Newton. Trent, what, who you got?
1: Ooh, this one's easy for me. Uh, Carolina has looked so good this year. I've been very impressed with Cam Newton. After not watching their first few games of the year, um, I was able to catch a few of their um, most recent games. And watching Cam Newton do what he does out there with virtually not much help from his receiving core. Um, he's got a few guys like Ted Ginn um, who have some speed and whatnot. Um, but he's had some help from his running back too, Jonathan Stewart, Mike Tolbert. Um this is this is Panthers easy for me. The Colts have not looked good this year. Andrew Luck has put up good fantasy numbers recently, um, but the Colts have just struggled beyond Andrew Luck, and I don't really know what it is for them. It just there's just not much there for me, so I'm I'm taking Panthers on this one. Matt
0: Hasselbeck has more star- wins as a starting quarterback for the Colts than Andrew Luck has this year. Look, I think back to the seven to nine season of the Seahawks when they uh, were in the playoffs, and could the Colts go six and ten? and still Uh, lead the conference. Oh, God, what a mess. Uh, Panthers win. Cam Newton keeps going. That defense is playing hot. They arguably have the best corner in the NFL right now with the level Josh Norman's playing at. Geekly Davis, they're elite in the inside. And don't don't be surprised if uh, old man Jared Allen comes up with a big play against the Colts. That O-line is pretty garbage, so uh, it might be time to see Jared Allen looking like a real psycho again.
2: Yep, Uh, couldn't agree with you guys more. This will be a Carolina's win pretty easily. I think we're all out all out on the Colts just like everyone else uh, in America. I didn't say uh, quarterback Joel or sports reporter Nick's picks of uh, the last game both on the Packers, imagine that, and they're both on Cam Newton and the Panthers for Monday Night Football. So that's all the time we got here today. I want to thank WUEC 89.7 for the time in the booth for Trent Tetzloff and Austin May. I'm Ellis Williams signing off. Have a great fantasy weekend everyone. They call me Elle, Will, the Don, the Dutch, the Dutch. Mm. I am Cooper. Can't tell me that Amara
1: Cooper isn't great though.
2: Oh he's chill as oh.